0: Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make it easy to eat better every day. Whatever's on your schedule, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat, and in two minutes, eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup required. Every week, you have over 35 different options to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan and veggie, and more. Plus... There are over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons. So if you're looking for fast, upscale, delicious, easy options, what are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Head to factormeals.com slash 50 and use code datingwhilegray50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash 50 and use code datingwhilegray50 to get 50% off. I'm Laura Stasi, and this is Dating While Gray, the Grown Up's Guide to Love, Sex, and Relationships. Parenting and dating, two words we may not be comfortable hearing in the same sentence, even if our little ones are all grown up. We're exploring how children may affect romance in this episode. The kids are all right. I've been looking for information about how older kids are affected when a parent falls in love again, and i found anecdotal evidence to suggest it can be a difficult adjustment. I read about one woman who was getting married, and she didn't want her stepmother to sit next to her father, either during the ceremony or at the dinner reception afterward. Instead, she wanted an empty seat next to her dad, in memory of her dearly departed mother and one groom was insisting his bride's father and girlfriend not be part of the wedding ceremony at all. The bride's parents had split, and the groom, he was teen mother-in-law. Then there was the time I was giving a ride to my son and two friends, who were twins. The boys were all about 15 at the time, and the twins' parents were going through a great divorce. My son and, uh, let's call him Twin A, they climbed into the car, while Twin B lingered outside for a few moments talking on his phone. When he did get in, he looked so shaken that his brother said, What's wrong? And Twin B said, Mom has a date tonight. Mom has a date? Ugh, said Twin A. My son even groaned. Just the thought of their mom being anything other than, you know, their mom. And it's not just hard for kids. It's hard for parents, too. How do we balance personal needs and desires with our responsibilities as a parent? Should one take precedence over another and when? This is a question that Hope is grappling with. That's not her real name. She's an educator and has four kids. Two are still at home. Hope told me her divorce derailed her dreams for happily ever after. And it left her feeling even more pressure to make sure her kids were all right. So hope felt lucky when a friendship with a man she met at her gym blossomed into romance. Eventually they moved in together, and that's when Hope learned that what seemed like a good thing for her and her kids wasn't. He's very conditional,
2: and that's the problem. He's very conditional and is his and he's also in the military he was he's a military man, so um you know everything has to be straight and narrow and um, so you have to make sure that those things are taking place and, and the, the children are not going to do that. They're, and they haven't done that. So that's where the rift comes in, um, because they're not going to conform to his, you know, um, way of doing things. And so here we are, we're at this crossroad
0: right now. We have been at a crossroad. Was he better than no one or was it oh, he's better than I thought he was. Do you know what I mean? Um, he
2: was better than I thought he was. I'm I'm sort of a nerd, to be honest with you. And so he gets that, like, we can talk about science topics and we can talk about education. We can talk about politics. And he he totally gets that, you know, and he's intrigued in that just like I am. He was taking me out to nice places. And I mean, he was really, you know, courting me and just making me feel like a queen, you know, and I really appreciated that.
0: Are you living together or does he have his own place?
2: He has his own place now. We were living together, but that just did not work because the children and he did not get along.
0: And you could, you said they didn't get along. Did did they ever talk with you about this? Or oh, they would definitely let me know that he wasn't the one for me. And did you understand their point? Was it the fact that he's just not their father, and so you can't tell me what to do? Or did they have like legitimate <laughs> complaints about him?
2: Some of it was they had they had legitimate complaints. You know, um, he's very domineering at times. And so when he was here, he just couldn't do that. And the children would let him know, especially my eldest son. He really, like, would take up for me and was like, she wants the air condition on this. You know, it's only two degrees lower than you want. This is her house. What's the problem? And so they, my eldest son and him definitely collided and it got really bad. And so
0: that's when Bob decided
2: he had to leave.
0: He left, but you stayed in a relationship.
2: Yeah, we have broken up though. I broke up with him after that, and it lasted, the breakup lasted, I say, about two, two months, three months. But he just keeps like g- coming back. It's like he's this, you know, I love you. you, you know, I'm the one for you, you know, I can't live without you, blah, blah, blah.
0: I imagine it would be a relief for everyone that you're no longer living together. Are they okay with you having a relationship with him as long as they don't have to live with him?
2: Yeah, and as long as he's treating me well. They always check it in. Is he treating you well, Mom? Like, yes, he's treating me well. And the reason why he's treating me well is because, like, if he gets, like, start getting on his little high horse, I'll just, you know, disconnect for a day. You know, I'm like, I'm not talking to you. You're not treating me well. And when you feel better and you want to talk and be reasonable, then we'll
0: talk. Okay, let me ask you this. Do you envision a future with him?
2: That's a hard question. I just think that, you, you know, you... You want to be this formidable force to, like, clear out all of the problems so your children can have easy access to the path of success. And you want to make sure that everything's going smoothly. And and you, when you're a single mom, it's just so hard, you know, it's just so hard. And you feel so guilty because you can't give them that. So I'm sorry when you have someone who you know is there for you and supporting you and you can talk to them and you know and they help you out it's like hard to give that up and he he does do the great things for me and I mean we have like he even researched how to make love to me so you know. Oh. And that's like, he knows how to please me, you know, so I'm like, everybody has their faults.
0: But it feels like your kids, there's some core that they're never going to accept him. And it also sounds like they have good reason that they're not going to accept him. Are you looking yeah. to them as, um, I mean, are you hoping that they're going to change their minds or do you, it sounds like you do recognize that they have legitimate issues.
2: Yeah. I I know they're not, because unless he's totally changing, they're not going to change their minds, you know? I don't foresee us being like one cohesive, happy family going, you know, in the sounds of music, none of that, you know? <laughs> yeah, but isn't
0: that important? I mean...
2: <laughs> but does that really exist? Is that reality? Like, What's reality? You know, that's what I want to know, especially for an African-American female who is in this time, you know, what is reality for us? That's the question. I don't think we'll ever be, you know, in the sounds of music on top of the hill singing Don't make me fussle. No, that's not going to happen.
0: You know, (laughs) even though I wanted that. I hope after hearing this, people are going to, like, write in by the droves and say, no, you're wrong. I mean, I haven't found someone that I want to spend the rest of my life with yet. But I would hope being able to get along with my grown kids. I mean, to me, that that's sort of, like, basic.
2: I hear what you're saying. I understand that I have to decide whether or not I want to, like, not be in a relationship with him. And um, just wing it because I love being in a relationship. I love, you know, the way he makes me feel. You know, I love, you know, the support he gives me. I just don't want the other stuff that's coming along with it, that nefarious ugliness that is like trailing behind him.
0: Hope has found a parenting romance balancing act that works for her. As long as Bob keeps his own place and treats her well, she enjoys their relationship. And though a happy blended family doesn't seem to be in the cards, maybe that's okay for now. We'll hear more stories about kids and romance after the break. You know, now that I'm in the second season of this podcast, I realize it's more than a show to me. It's a community. Dating While Gray wouldn't happen without the stories you share and the connections you help me make to topics, experts, and people like myself, just trying our best to navigate love and relationships after age 50. If you're a regular listener, thank you. You're already part of the Dating While Gray community. The conversations we have on this show go on at our Facebook page and on Twitter at Dating While Gray. That's G-R-A-Y. I also love hearing from you with feedback, stories, and questions, so email me anytime at datingwhilegray at wunc.org. Be in touch however you feel comfortable, and don't forget, we're in this together. Next, let's meet Steve. He's in his early 60s. He's a professor, and he's permanently separated. He has two young adult kids, and an email he sent me is what got me thinking about this whole blended family thing in the first place. That's because Steve has been thinking about it after meeting a woman on vacation. But as you'll hear, his pondering about blending families, uh, it might be a little premature.
3: It was one of those things that almost would come out of a rom-com. We were in a bookstore And in the same section, we didn't even, you know, I was focused on one part of the section, the books in one section. She was focused on books in another part of the section. And we almost backed into each other.
0: Oh, I love it. Was she in your town
3: or were you in her town? She was here. Okay.
0: Oh, so this was, I take it before COVID.
3: (laughs) Yes, this was before COVID. Uh Um, So we were in the travel section. So we just started talking about travel. I don't remember if I asked her or if she asked me first. I'm going to go with she asked me first, you know, so where in the world would you want to go? And so I kind of broke it down, you know, in terms of different regions of the world. And I just sort of explained where I would want to go as I did a mental mind walk across the world.
0: Can I say she's brilliant? I think after people hear this, I know as soon as COVID's over, I'm going to go just hang around in the travel section of a bookstore. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, what a great question, too. You know, mm-hmm. where would you want to go? So you struck up this conversation and.
3: So, you know, we started talking about travel and all that sort. And then before we we separated, she said, you know, she gave me her card. Oh. And there's this one part of me was like, OK, you know, I wasn't thinking about calling back. And I thought, do something different. You know, kind of in the same genre as forcing yourself to say yes all the time instead of saying no. Yeah. So I was walking out of the bookstore. This couldn't have been more than five minutes later. And I picked up my phone and I gave her a call so that she had my phone number. And I took her out for just coffee and pastries. And
0: How long ago was this? About a year and a half ago. Okay. Have you seen her since?
3: No, I haven't seen her since a year and a half ago, since she was here. Because it was a year and a half ago. And then six months later, COVID kicked in. You know, it's like much as we'd like to see each other again, this is probably not the best time for traveling, let alone traveling to see each other again, because we don't know what bubbles we're in. And, yeah, she's older than me as well. So, you know, she's more susceptible.
0: How much older is she?
3: Uh, She's 10 years older than me.
0: Okay, this is great. Does she live in a place that you could actually drive or would have to be a flight and a big, you know, honking deal to see each other again?
3: If I were to drive it, it would be a two-day drive or mm. an amphetamine-fueled one-day drive. Because uh. <laughs> <laughs> it would take about 20 hours to get there.
0: Okay. So, but you all have been in touch. Are you, I mean, I don't want to say are you in a committed relationship because it's pretty difficult to be committed when we're not really dating. Are you looking around to date or is she looking around? No, or-
3: I'm not. I'm, if she is, um, she hasn't told me and I'm at that stage well, prior to my wife and I separating, uh, I'd kind of thought, you know, if I never have a relationship again, yeah. you know it's not the end of the world.
0: Right, It would be yeah. Okay, Clearly, it's on your mind about her kids. Her kids are much older than yours, right?
3: Uh, more actually, she has a granddaughter who's older than my oldest. One thing my kids do know is they know that I do have a friend who lives in another part of the United States. Because every once in a while, I get a text message from her, and my phone dings. And and when my kids are with me, you know, you got a a text message, Dad. Okay. Because it's been a while since I've been in a relationship, unfortunately, or maybe not unfortunately, you know, my mindset is still back to when I was in my 30s, where there's much more of a future ahead. And I mean, she's very much more aware of the remaining time. Yeah.
0: Do you have any idea what her kids or her grandkids think about her dating someone 10 years younger than she is?
3: No. By the same token, I don't even know how many of her kids or grandkids know she's dating someone 10 years younger than her.
0: So this hasn't been a topic of discussion?
3: I've never... Well, it will be on our next. (laughs) I mean, you're raising questions that, you know, I never thought of.
0: I did ask Steve to ask his love interest if she wanted to talk to me. She did not. I am curious about what her kids think, mainly because I wonder what my kids would think if I dated a man 10 years younger, or if I dated a man who had children significantly older or younger than they are. Jennifer is a divorced mother who prefers dating men with children.
1: I love those conversations. I love talking about, you know, how my child's doing in school. I love to talk about, you know, the challenges that I'm having and the joys that I'm having and I just think it would be more fun to have those conversations with somebody with who's got that same parenting experience.
0: As for blending their families, she can't get anywhere close to even considering it. We'll talk with Jennifer after the break. Before we go on with the show, I recently learned about a truly fascinating person, someone who reinvented herself in her 60s. Polly Murray was already an accomplished attorney and social justice activist whose work influenced Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Thurgood Marshall and inspired Eleanor Roosevelt, who called her a personal friend. But in her later life, Polly was called to do even more, and so she became an ordained episcopal priest the first black woman to do so explore chapters of polly murray's life story on polly a podcast from north carolina public radio that's polly p a u l i available wherever you get your podcasts jennifer is a working single mom and says being a parent is a big part of her identity That's why she's narrowed her romantic search to men who have kids. But Jennifer's finding that the men she's meeting are perhaps too invested in their former nuclear families.
1: I've been married and I have a child and I want someone who's shown that kind of commitment. But they mostly say to me, well, you know, I'm still very wrapped up in this thing, even though it's over. And I really can't be the man that you want me to be until my kids are graduated from high school or college. And I just sort of wonder, like, what is that about? Is it because
0: they are
1: embarrassed, maybe, about the split,
0: you know, and they weren't able to, you know, fulfill the role as, you know, husband and father?
1: It, it wasn't just about the kids. It was sort of, it was very much about being very much invested with the mother. I sort of envisioned myself, at least until my child is graduated from school and Further on, being on my own, I don't envision myself moving in with somebody. I don't ask for that type of thing. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not looking for marriage. I just enjoy sort of companionship. So mm-hmm. I just find it frustrating because I just sort of feel like, well, at the same time, you know, even I don't need these things, I do want the kind of emotional connection and sense of accountability. It's sort of that sense of feeling, um, yeah, just having a protector and just feeling like um, maybe they're well spent, you know, between the mother and and the children that they've left behind. They feel well spent in terms of being a provider, and they don't have much left. They're looking, and I've actually had men say, "You know, I'm really not looking for much. You know, I just I don't want it to be intense." But what does that mean? You know, <laughs> and not to be intense, intense what? You know,
0: um, have you ever met? Uh, somebody's kids, like a potential partner's kids, or introduced someone to your child.
1: Um, I have introduced someone from my to my child, and that was more um, by happenstance. But um, I actually no, I haven't met these people kid people's kids, and I actually don't tend to ask someone for that. Um, I just kind of feel like that's something that should sort of come naturally when someone feels like they want to offer it. Um. I have been, in one case, I was at a game with him where he was watching his son play until I saw his son and his daughter was in the area, but I was not introduced and I didn't expect to be.
0: Ooh,
1: I'm sorry, that sounds
0: a little harsh in a way, but to go to somebody's game. So clearly the kid probably looked in the stand at some point and saw you with him and um was the ex-wife there, or are you only able to go to the games yes. when the ex-wife
1: awkward? It was kind of an interesting moment because we were I guess the son was taking time, you know, finishing up, you know, with their debriefing from the game. And I'm sitting there and we're all waiting. And I realized that this woman who's about 30 feet from him must be his ex. I'm sitting there on this little seat and he just looks at me and I said, you know what? I think we go back to the car. It was just very awkward.
0: Oh, so you just like <laughs> hightailed it out of there. Oh.
1: I hightailed it out of there. But he did. It was very interesting. I, I got up and he, I started to walk away with my chair. He's like, no, no, I will carry your chair to the car. <laughs>
0: oh, well, thank you. <laughs> you described someone who went way above and beyond.
1: Can you tell me that story? So yeah, this was somebody who had um, gone through a divorce. She made a lot more money than him. They had a lot of real estate and he was still contributing to the mortgage for the main house where she lives with the children. And I obviously was trying to be careful about asking, probing too much into what that was about until we got to know each other better, but... It, he revealed that the house that they used to live in was quite expensive. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, you seem to have this real estate empire <laughs> that you're maintaining. <laughs> and and uh, and uh, she lives in a large house with these kids, you are contributing. And I said, but I'm confused because he was, when I was with him, he was having sort of like instability in terms of his own housing arrangements. So I said, what's going on with that? And he said, well, I can't afford the apartment I'm living in because of my, um, he's a teacher and um, I have to make a move. And I just, at one point I said, wait a minute, hold up. I said, I feel like you are really getting taken advantage of here. He said, no, no, no. We don't want to change the kid's environment. We think it's bad for them. They've grown up in this house. We don't want them to have to move because of this circumstance. I'm like, okay. Um, But what happened was, Things got so um, messy in terms of him being able to contribute to her mortgage and to pay for his own apartment that he called me up one day and told me he was going to move into her basement. They had a basement apartment. And I remember that conversation, how heated it was with me where I was like, I just can't get with this. Why didn't you ever outfit the basement apartment to get a tenant to help pay for the mortgage? And he's like, oh, I guess I could have done that. I'm like, why would you want to go live on the property with your ex? And he said, well, you know, we've figured out that we're going to try to, you know, have different schedules and we won't have to see each other. I'm like, no, no, this is messy. I'm like, this is very messy. <laughs> I, I just, that was the craziest experience. But what, what really struck me is the backflips he was doing to make sure nothing changed for their former nuclear household, the, what he was putting himself through
0: well, I think he's telling you what his priorities are, which I, I mean, I find very interesting. <laughs> um, you know, kids, you know, I, I do understand you don't want to hurt your kids. You do anything not to hurt your kids. However, your own personal happiness has to play a role somewhere.
1: And I was like, you know what? At some point you have to say too bad. <laughs> like,
0: or stop making excuse. you know, just own it. Just own the fact that you want to be in the same house as your ex wife and your kids. You, you, this is what you're choosing.
1: And he kept saying, I know it, I know it doesn't sound like it makes sense. And I understand why you would think it doesn't make sense. I'm like, you're right, it, it doesn't.
0: <laughs> you know, I appreciate what Jennifer's saying about potentially confusing children. I don't think my own two kids have any desire for my ex and me to get back together, but I have heard of this, and not just from the movie The Parent Trap, which, fun fact, is based on a German novel that was published in 1949. What that tells me is kids fantasizing about mom and dad falling back in love, it's universal and not new. A woman I'm calling Betty spent many years doing the Parental Balancing Act. She's 70, lived for a long time in Georgia, and has two kids who are now 40 and 29.
4: I was married to my children's dad for 23 years, and we divorced, and we started doing things together for the sake of my son. Just to let him know everything's okay. We still love each other. It's not about you, you know, the things that people do. And so um, we spent every Christmas Eve together. He would make chili. We lived near each other. After the kids got grown and gone, we kept being best friends. Uh, Both of us were lawyers. So I would call him when I had a problem, he'd call me when he had a problem. We'd talk out different cases and he was just my best friend.
0: About 15 years after their divorce, Betty's ex died unexpectedly.
4: It was a sudden death. And my role in the whole thing became to get the kids through it. Yeah. And they were, of course, devastated. Um, my daughter had spent a large part of her life being angry with him. And the year before he died, they reconciled. and. She thought he was the best thing since sliced bread. She lived with him for that year. Oh, I'll just be eternally grateful that they had that year together where they recognized each other as wonderful people and became really good friends. And I'm just happy for her and I'm happy for him that they had that. Sure.
0: I don't mean to sound insensitive when I say this, but did his death sort of either free you to look for another partner or make you feel like, okay, I need someone in my life? Or how did his death affect you?
4: Well, actually, right after he died, my daughter started going blind. Oh, my goodness. So my role in the family, you know how caretaking kind of takes over? Yes. Caretaking kind of took over. So that void, I guess there wasn't that void. It was kind of a new role for me. But yeah, uh, when I retired, and my, my daughter had gone through a program, and she just became so independent. It was just wonderful. She started taking Uber and, you know, she released me from a lot of my, the duties that I had. So when I retired, I was determined to travel. So I started traveling. And I had a friend who had a friend in Phoenix. So I said, you know, give me his number. We'll go out and have coffee and so i got his number called him up when i got to phoenix he took me out to dinner we closed the restaurant and then he drove me back to our hotel neither one of us wanted to get out of the car so we sat in the car for about two or three hours talking and talking and talking and talking when i got home we started emailing we started calling We found that we were talking on the phone until five in the morning like teenagers, waking up the next morning, wanting to call him again. He knew more about me, you know, than my therapist knew about me, but at this point. So we decided we would do a weekend. And of course, my kids were saying, Mom, you're not going to the grocery store, are you? Mom, you're not going outside, are you? And they were keeping really big tabs on you know because of course i'm the old person and back at the beginning everybody was worried about the old people they were so
0: worried about you but they are so established themselves i think that's beautiful
4: well yeah they were established but they were calling to make sure i was not leaving the house and making sure i was taking my vitamins you know because as the old person they felt that responsibility. So I had to sneak out of town. So not only was I going to get on an airplane in the middle of a pandemic and go through the airport and do all this stuff just to see this guy, they would have killed
0: me. So you snuck away because it was the pandemic and you didn't want to tell your kids what you were doing and you guys got together. Did you go back to Arizona or did you meet someplace in the middle or?
4: We, we went to Arizona. There's a kind of a, not a wrinkle, but I I think this is probably what a lot of older couples experience, but he had, he was a widower. Oh. And he had been very, very, very much in love with his wife. And they were married for 40 years. Does he have kids? No. There was some anxiety that we would meet and, oh, I thought you were cute at first, but, and I told him, I said, you know, if I meet you and you get food in your beard, that's going to be a deal breaker. You know, there's certain things that you can't do on the phone. You can't figure out on the phone.
0: Yeah. You had this wonderful time. And then is that when you thought, okay, I'm going to move now to Arizona?
4: I met him in, in February and I moved in July
0: what was the conversation with your kids like when you told them you were
4: moving? My son started crying, which was, um, very unexpected. And he said, mom, you always do things for other people. And it never, I never thought that there would be something for you. And he was so happy for me. He was, I, I was, it was very touching. It was, I was very unexpected, but, um, I thought that was a gift. I was It, it just warmed my heart because yeah. he was so happy that I was happy.
0: Yeah. Did he express any concerns about not knowing this man or what his intentions might be? Or did he just trust you enough to, if you knew what you were doing, then that was okay with him?
4: Well, his exact words were, which of course you're going to bleep, <laughs> but he said, <laughs> let him know that if he does anything to you, to hurt you, I'm gonna bleep him up, <laughs> which I thought was sweet too. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. Now, how about your daughter? What was
4: her reaction? My daughter had a hard time with it, um, based upon her um, disability. She and I had been ultra, ultra close and somewhat interdependent, so she had a she had a little bit of a hard time. Uh, She stopped speaking to me, which I understood. I understood she had to process it. I think she just felt abandoned. A lot of things were going on in her life at that time. And um, she felt that her brother was moving on. Her mom was moving on. And I think she felt a little like she was standing still. Yeah. And it wasn't until I was in Phoenix that we started rebuilding our relationship. Yeah. Which is back to normal now.
0: Yeah. So basically, it sounds like it was really whirlwind that not only are you moving to his state, but you're going to buy a place together. Well,
4: this is the most, the craziest, (laughs) this is the craziest thing I've ever done in my entire life. I'm Miss Conservative, Miss Dot All the I's and Cross the T's. It, It was reckless. It was not me, but... You know, I loved him. I, I, I love him. You know, both of us expressed that uh, it had never happened before this way, where we knew, you know, when you're waking up every morning and that's the first thing you think about and it's the last thing you think about before you go to sleep and it's just teenager stuff.
0: Betty said her kids and her extended family met her partner at Christmas time over Zoom, and they're making plans to visit in person as soon as it's safe. I hope it goes well for them. Even in the best of circumstances, those kinds of meetings can be awkward. You know, my thinking has been, I'm not going to introduce my kids to anyone until I'm confident he's going to be around for a really long time. Because I do want my kids and my romantic partner to forge a strong connection. And I don't want my kids to question the concept of commitment if the romance ends like my marriage did. I don't really see it as a big deal. That's my daughter. She's 26.
3: I'd be happy to meet a romantic partner in your life as long as they're important to you.
0: That's my
1: son. He's 30. If you, like, are going to intentionally introduce me to somebody, Uh I'm going to assume that it's a lot more serious than you're letting on anyway. But that's because I know that you put so much thought into it. I don't necessarily put that same weight in it. What about stuff like... All going
0: out to dinner or all going on vacation or that kind of thing. Does that have a different kind of weight to it?
1: I don't really want to go on vacation
0: with someone you're dating. <laughs> you don't want to be a blended family, possibly down the road? I mean, well, okay, so when I want to be a blended family, what does that mean? Can you envision like a Christmas where we're all skiing together and his kids come?
1: Yeah, oh. yeah, 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 I could envision that.
3: Do I want to go on a vacation with your friends with benefits? Probably not, but <laughs> <laughs> if they are somebody that you have a strong emotional connection with and plays a big part in your everyday life, um, and is going to be around for a little while, you know, we're more than happy to spend quality time with them.
0: I always ask everybody, is there anything else I need to know?
1: No, this, no, I don't know. Is there anything I need to know? <laughs> not yet. <laughs>
0: Dating While Gray is produced in partnership with North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC. You can support this show with a donation or by becoming a member at wunc.org give. My thanks to producer Kamaya Truitt and editor Charlie shelton Ormond. Our theme music is by Daniel Peterschmidt. And Lindsay Foster Thomas is WUNC's Director of Content. There's much more about the show and every episode we've ever done at datingwhilegray.com. I'm Laura Stasi. Thanks for listening.